1: It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. The Diocese of Buffalo, the Roman Catholic Diocese, earlier this week announced they've been working for a long time and have now been ready to unveil an independent compensation fund for victims of clergy abuse. It's something that has been done in other dioceses across the state, something that Richard Malone, the Bishop of Buffalo, unveiled on Thursday. After the news this next hour, we'll chat with an activist who predicted all of this but still wants more thinks there is something that Albany can do, but by way of background, let's set the stage. First, here's Richard Malone, the Roman Catholic Bishop of Buffalo, and his remarks from earlier this week.
2: So today, I am announcing, and I'm happy to announce, the establishment of a voluntary, independent reconciliation and compensation program for those who have made claims that they were sexually abused as children by a member of the clergy in the Diocese of Buffalo. You are probably aware that some of the other dioceses, especially downstate, have introduced a program of this sort uh, last year, and we've been watching it very carefully, and decided that we could, in an adapted form, make it uh, work well here too. Uh, Individuals who have previously made claims will be contacted and invited to participate in this voluntary program offering monetary settlements. The program will be administered by former New York State Supreme Court Justice Jerome Gorski and former New York State Supreme Court Justice and former surrogate judge Barbara Howe. Justice Gorski is an arbitrator and mediator with national arbitration and mediation. Justice Howe is senior counsel to the law firm Woods-Oviat-Gilman. They will determine the appropriate compensation to be offered. We're doing this now because I know it's the right thing to do. The victims and our church in western New York cannot move forward until the pain of the past is properly addressed. Over the past year, as I mentioned, several other dioceses have launched similar programs and they were well received generally. And appreciated by many of those victims as a form of healing. We pray that this monetary compensation, together with our acknowledgement that they were hurt, we know that, we hear it, we believe it, can be a significant step in helping them to heal. If we can help victims to heal, then we as a church can begin to heal from this awful part of our past. We know that the sexual abuse of anybody, and especially of minors, is a crime and it is a grave sin against the law of God. I want to say this to you who are victims. We are so very, very sorry for the pain of the abuse that has happened to you. We're sorry, I'm sorry, and we want to do everything we can going forward Reaching out to you who have come to us in the past. This is the purpose of this program. The program is a next step to continue the Diocese's ongoing commitment to protect children and help victims. In many cases, the Diocese has already provided a pastoral response, counseling, and other assistance as needed to victims. Since 1990, Under the leadership of Bishop Edward Head, there's been a written policy to address these issues. Since 2003, there's been mandatory training and a system of background checks for all who regularly interact with young people in our diocese. Under a policy known as Protecting God's Children, every cleric, church employee and volunteer initially goes through hours of training And then every month, they are also required to read additional training materials and answer questions pertaining to new trends in the ways predators are targeting young victims. That's all of that that we pledge ourselves to do, is to keep us focused on the ongoing uh, scourge, really, of sexual abuse in society and in the ways it can creep in even into the life of the Church. Clergy church employees, and volunteers are not only trained to identify signs of sexual abuse, but are also required to report suspected abuse to the District Attorney's Office and to our Victim Assistance Coordinator, Jackie Joy. And I think Jackie is right over here. And uh, Jackie is experienced in trauma therapy and knows how to facilitate diocesan assistance for victims and their families. Jackie, we are very grateful to you who do that work so very, very well.
1: And in the rest of his announcement, he did say that this is not funded by Catholic Charities, or the Upon This Rock uh, donation program. And in fact, he even raised, when a reporter asked him about it, he even raised the possibility of selling some diocesan property, wasn't specific, but selling some property in order to fund this fund. When we come back from the news break, we'll talk more about it, what it means for victims with a victim's advocate. Stay with us. It's Hardline on News Radio 930, WBEN. But I do want to continue talking now about what the Buffalo Catholic Diocese did earlier this week, setting up an independent compensation commission, to help take care of victims of child clergy sexual abuse. Robert Houghtson is with us. He's the director of a group called Road to Recovery. He's the one who stood alongside Michael Whalen when he raised some of the latest charges against the Catholic Church earlier this week. Whalen is a man from West Seneca who says he was abused by Norbert or Solitz, and more charges have been coming out. And, in fact, both Hotzen and Whalen are having a news conference in about 20 minutes to talk more about this issue. I figured uh, we might as well get him on now to talk about it. Before that, Robert Hodson, thanks for joining us.
3: Good morning, and thank you for having me.
1: Tell me this, the uh, commission that was set up. Is it a good thing or, in your opinion— Is it something that kind of shoves it under the rug because Albany and the church and and no one have really moved much on uh, changing statutes of limitations, allowing lawsuits to proceed? Uh, Does this help the victims or does this kind of help the church?
3: I I think it's both. And I think it's uh, it's good for some victims. Uh, We've been waiting so long for the Child Victims, Victims Act to be passed. And we never have any guarantees. So, some of the victims who have reported their abuse to the Buffalo Diocese previously, they might find solace in this—that uh, they they don't have to go through any other procedures except the IRCP uh, in order to uh, you know settle a claim. Uh, however, uh, the other side of the coin is is that Bishop Malone has set a deadline of March first, 2018, uh, for anybody to apply to this program. So. Many of the people who will come forward in the future, or many of the people who have heard Michael Whalen so courageously speak of his abuse, um, they're going to be shut out of this program, and we think that's outrageous.
1: And Michael is there with you now. You're about to announce what he does next. Does he apply for compensation to this program?
3: More than likely, he will, yes. Uh, his attorney has alerted, has, um, has alerted the Diocese of Buffalo to his uh, complaint, and uh, Michael may participate in the program does that help? Well, it could help, Michael. It could be a sign. uh, It's it's a signal that um, they acknowledge uh, his abuse and they find his claim credible, and he can then uh, take this compensation and uh, hopefully reconstruct his life in some ways, because as we know, Norbert or Solitz uh, took it away at a very young age.
1: And in the uh, days since you and Mr. Whalen basically came out with the latest accusation here. Uh, others have certainly come forward. Uh, media outlets have reached out to Father Osolitz and uh, found out that uh, Michael Whalen was not alone.
3: Absolutely. The many boys, the many children that Father Osolitz abused, and others who have come, you know, re- reported to us, you know, since our press conference that they were abused. Uh, Unfortunately, they're out of luck for the most part, and we think that Bishop Malone has to rethink, reconsider this. Uh, anybody who was sexually abused as a child by a clergyman in the Diocese of Buffalo should have the ability to report their claim and receive compensation for it.
1: And not just within a one-year deadline, you're saying, right? Absolutely. All right. Now let's talk more about uh, what Albany could do, because I know that's that's been a priority for you. Uh, not just looking at the Buffalo Diocese, looking at others as well. Um, one of the people on our text line, instead of just taking calls during a talk show, we also have people uh, text in comments, and uh, they took kind of a cynical tone here, but I think if you discard the tone, the concept is one you would agree with. It says this, what coincidental timing? Here's an idea. Eliminate statute of limitation on sexual offenses. Uh, could they, is it neither or kind of equation? Could they uh, eliminate the... Uh, statute of limitations and therefore not have to have the compensation fund because uh, because courts would end up giving money? Absolutely,
3: yes. There, there's no reason to have a statute of limitations either criminally or civilly on the sexual abuse of a child and our laws have been antiquated for a long time. Now's the time to get rid of them. However, uh, because our society is slow, mo- is slow and moving in terms of our legislation, Uh, what we're looking for now is the Child Victims Act to be passed. And that that will include a one-year look-back window, at least, in which anybody who was sexually abused as a child in the state of New York can hold their abuser accountable by bringing them to a court of law.
1: Explain the one-year look-back, though. I I think, again, of the Michael Whelan case. He's 50-something now. It happened when he was 14. Would that apply?
3: Yes, it would. Oh, Well, Michael may be shut out because he's over the age of 50. Okay. Um if if the current bill goes through, uh he may not be eligible. So this this program might be the best for him. However, uh what we're, we're we're saying is that there should be no age limit, but we have to compromise unfortunately with uh you know with with legislation and uh, there should be no age limit, but we're going to try and get what we can get. And a one-year look back window means that for one year Anybody in the state of New York can apply, uh, you know, hold their abuser accountable through the courts of law.
1: So it, if, if this abuse happened at age, OK, let's pick a number. Michael's case, 14. Uh, the one year doesn't mean that he has to apply by the time he's 15, does it?
3: Oh, no, 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 no. The one year window means that, that anybody in the state of New York can apply, OK, uh, for, you know, for relief.
1: Where does it all stand with the state legislature?
3: Well, the State Assembly has passed the bill five times, 139 to 7 this year, Uh, so overwhelmingly passed. The State Senate has blocked it consistently every single year, and we're hoping that the Senate Republicans will change their tune this year and and do what 90% of New Yorkers agree with, the passage of the Child Victims Act.
1: Do you think it's a case of of money-talking? How large are these compensation funds compared to how many? Uh, how large the awards would be if the courts opened the floodgates?
3: Yes, of course, money is, is always the issue, and that's what the Church is protecting. The Church is always protecting its image and its assets. Uh, but what we claim is that any institution that has been involved in the amount of cover-up that this institution uh, has been involved in, you know, doesn't have a leg to stand on, really. whatever, Whatever... You know, the victims deserve, that's what they deserve.
1: Buffalo has raised the idea, you, you spoke of assets, Buffalo has raised the idea of possibly selling property to fund this. Is that something that's happened in other uh, other um, jurisdictions?
3: Yes, we've heard that, that dioceses have, have sold property. However... Uh, Even in the large state of California, where there was, uh, you know, a window, um, there were only something like 1,200 victims came forward, and the the Archdiocese of of Los Angeles did not go bankrupt. Uh, You know, the Church has not really suffered a great deal financially as a result of these settlements.
1: All right. Robert Hodson is with us. He's a former priest. He's with the group called Road to Recovery. Uh, He's got a news conference coming up in about uh, 15 minutes or so to talk more about the settlement by the— Buffalo, the settlement fund put forth by the Buffalo Catholic Diocese. He'll be uh, appearing in just a little bit with Michael Whalen. So uh, we thought we'd have him on here to get that out of the way before the news conference. We have enough time in light of that to squeeze in one quick call here. Bruce, go ahead. You're on the air.
4: Uh, hello, um, Mr. Holden. Yes. I was going to ask a question. Uh, I was. Uh, I'm an abuse victim. I reported my abuse a long time ago. Uh, but they said there were some statute of limitations, and uh it's not that I haven't received help it's, uh, or understanding. It's just that I have multifaceted problems in my life to this day. I'm 66 years old, and they've affected my daughter. They've affected my entire life. And I, I need to more or less, I need to talk to people, somebody because my therapist I haven't talked to in three years. I haven't been able to find him. Is there still outreach help that I can get? It's like...
3: We are an advocacy agency, Road to Recovery, and I would be glad to speak to you um, if you want to give us a call. Can you, can you Google our number, or can I give it to you on the air, sir? Is that okay?
1: Uh, how about this? Uh, I will put him, as soon as we're done with him on the air, I will put him on hold, and uh, we can pass your number along to him rather than have it out on the air. Uh, Bruce, I'm, I'm glad you called. It's a great story that you're sharing. Tell me quickly before we let you go here, would this fund help you or would you be more comfortable in the courts? Uh, talk a little bit about your future in light of what the diocese did this week.
4: Uh, well, well, the way this affected me is I, I never really had a normal relationship with a woman. Uh, I've never had one last very long. And my daughter, who she's suffering to this day from the fact that I left her and her mother when she was three because I didn't know I needed therapy. I was just all over the place. I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I hadn't even recovered from that yet. and uh, uh, I just didn't have anywhere to turn until I found an Episcopal priest who kind of gave me therapy for about four or five years, and I realized that's what I needed was talk therapy. It was I can't take pills. They don't work for me.
1: Okay. Let me pop you on hold, and what we'll do is we will give you uh, robert Hodson's number so you can be in direct contact we only have about a quick minute left here uh, robert holtson tell me what happens now how do how do you go ahead and maybe press the uh, people in albany for more on this
3: if i could go back to bruce for just one second bruce i'm very sorry for what happened to you and you have described what most victims go through and there is hope so don't give up hope and I hope to be able to speak to you. So what's next, is, what's next is that we hope to impress upon Bishop Malone that he's got to expand this program to include anybody who was abused in the Diocese of Buffalo. And we have to ask all New Yorkers to please get behind your legislators to pass, get the Child Victims Act passed in, uh, in the next session, which is coming up uh, here in the spring.
1: All right. I know you've got to get to the news conference. So we'll let you go. Before you go, the website, if people need to reach you or you need more information.
3: Yes, www.road-2-recovery.org.
1: Very good. Thanks for joining us this morning. We'll let you go because I know uh, that news conference is scheduled for uh, 1130, and we didn't want to hold you too long and make you miss that. Thanks for joining us. When we come back, on the other side, just a little bit more of the announcement that was made earlier this week. We go in-depth with Terry Connors, a diocesan attorney who also spoke earlier uh, on uh, Thursday of this week. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, it's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. This is Dave Debo. We were talking, obviously, in the last segment a little bit about the Buffalo Diocese's compensation fund that they announced earlier this week. People are still asking a lot of questions about it, and I know it's a topic that really needs to be explored a little bit more. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk about the state budget. But first, let's go back to the news conference on uh, Thursday of this week. Here's diocesan attorney Terry Connors explaining how it would all work.
5: It's, it's been the product of a substantial amount of thought, <clears throat> a great deal of research, some thoughtful prayer, and collaboration with the other dioceses. What we have tried to do is to develop a program that is extremely user friendly, and I think we've accomplished that goal. Essentially, what will occur is that today, a number of letters will be sent out to individuals who have made claims of abuse to our diocese. We have a record of those. We have a a catalog, we've kept it very carefully. We've had interaction with them along the way. And those claims will then be received by Jackie Joy, our Victim Assistance Coordinator. Those claims will then be sent to independent administrators of the program. We have no control over Justice Howe and no control over Justice Gorski. They will administer this program as they see fit. But here's how it will work. The individuals will file their claims with the diocese, who will then make sure that they go directly to the administrators. The administrators then have sole and exclusive control over the determination of the compensation. They will determine what's appropriate. They will look at the background information provided by the claimants. They will look at any corroborating or supporting documentation that's provided. And they will ask us for our input, but that's all we will have is input. We'll submit what information we have, what records we've accumulated over the years, and they will then make the decision. And that decision is final. It's binding. We have no appeal from that decision. But the individuals will make the claims, have every right to withdraw at any point along the process. It's a voluntary program for them. And if at some point during the course of this proceeding, they're uncomfortable or even unhappy, they can withdraw and preserve whatever rights they may have in the future. So we believe that it offers a great deal of attraction for those individuals, many whom I've spoken to, many whom the bishop has spoken to, who desire closure. They want to go on with their lives, and they feel this is part of the healing process. So instead of waiting for long and protracted litigation that may not even be possible unless there's new legislation, they now have an opportunity to present their claim to an independent arbitrator who will then decide, who will then value their judgment, value their statements, interpret what it is they have to say, and get some closure. to many of them is more valuable than anything else. And so the process is going to be expedited. We expect that the invitations will go out today, but they'll be on a rolling basis. They will then be placed in the hands of distinguished jurists who, although are very busy, they've committed to block out their schedule to accomplish these goals. And once all the claims are in and reviewed and resolved, We will try to have them render decisions within 30 days of the acquisition of all of the evidence that they have. Which for any of you who have been exposed to litigation understand that is a remarkable pace. But it's the right thing to do. And it's something that can be part of the healing process. So um, today, we begin that process. We believe that the benefit of our program is that we have looked to some of the other dioceses. We have examined what's worked for them. And we have fine-tuned it for our diocese. And we think that the program that we offer to those individuals who suffered abuse at the hands of our clergy is probably the gold standard right now. And we're anxious to get that process started.
0: All right, good. Thank you. Terry, can you say how far back the claims
2: uh, will go that you will entertain?
5: The claims that we entertain, Al, will be from anyone who has already made a claim with the diocese. In other words, we have those on record, those individuals who have appeared and been interviewed, who have filed documentation with us, who have been heard by our very active and very competent Diocesan Review Board. But some of those claims go back to 1950, and even earlier, some of them. So it's a long span of time. But we'll take a look at all of them and give them all due consideration.
0: So the advantage for some claimants would be they would not be available of the courts because of statutes of limitations, and this would be Like their last chance to get compensation or justice.
5: That's incredibly accurate and very perceptive. They would have no chance, given the current state of the legislation right now, they would not have the opportunity to be heard, would have no closure at all, and would have no viable legal option. Do
4: you have an estimate of how many claims we're talking about?
5: It's impossible to say exactly how many, but in 2005, we said publicly that there were 93 claims against 53 clerics. Obviously, since 2005 the claims have gone up but they've gone up on a rather small scale we don't know exactly because the claims aren't all in yet but here's what we do know we know that as bishop malone just told you in 1990 bishop had put forward way ahead of the charter way ahead of his time policies and procedures we believe that that proactive stance on his part resulted in a diminution a, a lessening of claims and so we're We're hopeful that they will all be manageable and that the the amount of claims, the number of claims, will be something that we can handle with our two extremely competent jurists.
0: Approximately how many, though? Can you give us a number approximately?
5: Uh, Well, we told you 93 in 2005, and it's gone up. It's difficult to pinpoint it, but uh, maybe another 15 or 20 claims as well.
0: So it would be fair to say at least 100?
5: It would be fair to say that that's a good approximation, but Al, it's incapable of an exact calculation because we don't have any of the claims yet. For example, more could come in on the basis of the uh, revelations with respect to Father Auslitz that we don't have.
0: In order to get money for this, will you be selling off more real estate? How will this work? Is it money coming from?
2: Well, as I mentioned toward, right toward the end, and that we know that's an important question, um, as I mentioned toward the end, none of it will come from upon this rock that was our big capital campaign or Catholic Charities. It will come from self-insurance liability and investment fund reserves. And if it's necessary, we'll look to some of our diocesan properties um, to put on sale as well. The hotel. Is, that, is that a possibility? Yes. What properties would you refer to? Well, we'll have to refer, refer, take a look at them all. We're not, we're not sure at this point.
1: That's Bishop Richard Malone of the Diocese of Buffalo. And before that, diocesan attorney Terry Connors and Assemblyman Ray Walter is with us. He's a Republican from Amherst. Now, before we get to the budget and before we get to economic development, and there's a lot of things I know you you want to uh, talk about. Thanks for being here, by the way. Uh, Let's pick up on the segment that we had just before this, looking at the Child Victims Act. Right. Um, it's something that is still pending now. Tell me where it stands.
0: Yeah. That, well. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. That's, um, that's the um, uh, it is something that's been uh, in the assembly. It's come up uh, and voted on. I, you know, I certainly voted for it. Um, there has to be a compromise uh, along the way in order to get everybody on board. And there is, uh, you know, there's certainly concerns. Uh, about uh, some of the provisions of the bill regarding the look-back period. I mean, there's a reason for statute of limitations. Evidence gets old. People's memories get uh, cloudy. Um, But, you know, we are talking about some heinous acts, and we need to make sure that these are opened up for prosecution and uh, that the victims do have an opportunity to get some settlements here. So you're in favor of it? Yes, I've voted for it in the past. Um, just—I think we need to compromise on some of the language of the of the bill in order to get it through. Um, we certainly <clears throat> we should certainly look at opening up the criminal statute of limitations because uh, you know the standard of uh, evidence is much higher there for a conviction, um, and I think that's uh, that's a good way to go. And once you have that criminal conviction, automatically, you know, you should uh, you'd be able to proceed civilly.
1: And it would not necessarily, although it's being talked about certainly in the context of clergy abuse, this would not be specific to the clergy.
0: Right, absolutely. I mean, certainly we know it's certainly very high-profile cases uh, with, the, uh, with the church. Um, and the thing we have to remember, though, this would apply to every municipality in the state, every town, every county, every village, every school district. And, um, you know, when we start opening that up for uh, litigation uh, millions of dollars that are going to be funded by potentially funded by taxpayers. In the at the end of the day, uh, we certainly have to take that into consideration as well.
1: And that's the opposition, pretty much. Yeah,
0: I think that's a yeah. I think that's a legitimate concern, especially when we're talking about a civil proceeding where you know it's more likely than not. You know, it's like a fifty-one percent evidentiary standard, uh, and that's that's a little bit more concerning sure. than on the criminal side. Uh, where you don't have to convict somebody beyond a reasonable doubt. All right.
5: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand.